Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Sports Tonight. I'm sports producer Scott Pennyman. We have a whole lot to run through as far as football this past weekend, a crazy weekend, and not just uh, NFL football, but college football. So lots of uh, lots of things to get to here. So let's start here. Let's uh, obviously start with the Falcons yesterday. They fell to the they fell to the Detroit Lions twenty to six. Um, kind of an ugly game, right? But it was one of those things where it was definitely an ugly game, right? I mean, Falcons were 2-0 coming into the game. But you can sort of see this one setting up, though, when you think about it, right? I mean, the Falcons were undefeated headed into the game, but they were sort of teetering on that edge. Like, they were a 2-0 team, but didn't really look like a 2-0 team. And the Detroit Lions had lost the week before, so they were mad. You know, they had an overtime loss to Seattle. So they were sort of hot coming into the game, Um and I mean hot from like a emotional standpoint because they felt like they should have won the previous game. They won that game in Kansas City, so you knew the Detroit Lions were a legit tough football team. And man, they they really took it to the Falcons yesterday. I mean, seven sacks, sacked Desmond Ritter seven times, and really just outplayed the Falcons all the way around. They did a really good job of containing Bijan Robinson. Only had ten carries for thirty three yards. Um, they definitely they outplayed the Falcons. They outcoached the Falcons. Just kind of when you watch the game, it never seemed like they were going to get anything going on offense the entire day, and they didn't. They only scored six points. Uh, they were harassed by the Lions' defensive line. Just not the kind of game the Falcons were really ready for from that standpoint. They just didn't. They didn't really look prepared for that game uh, yesterday, and so. They they got what they got. Um, twenty to six loss. It happens. Look, I mean, they weren't going to go seventeen and zero. Uh, I think when you look at coming into the season, if you looked at this season and you saw that, um, if you looked at the schedule, I think you would have been happy if you're a Falcons fan for them to have a two and one start. So that's where they're at. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just for where this team is right now, for what they are on both sides of the ball, there's a lot of teams right now who are two and one. There's some zero and three teams that wish they were two and one. So I think pretty good start. Um, for the Falcons, but a couple of things you want to dig into, though. So let's dig deeper into Desmond Ritter's performance, right? I mean, so yesterday was by far the worst he had looked so far this season, I think. I mean, just when you kind of look at it, I mean, uh, but I guess getting sacked seven times will do that to you. But one thing you got to remember is that when a quarterback is sacked a lot, it's not always on the offensive line. Yes, there were some offensive line lapses yesterday, some situations where uh, blocks weren't made and Desmond Ritter didn't, didn't have a chance, or maybe sometimes the scheme sort of, uh, you know, kind of scheme sacks, right? I mean, because the Lions drew up something good, drew up a creative blitz, the Falcons didn't pick it up, and they just really just made his day hell all day, for lack of a better term. So, um just when you kind of assess Ritter so far, um, I think the offense still has a lot to be desired. Well, let me just start here. They've won more games than they've lost, right? So I think when you start there, you're encouraged about what you've seen from Desmond Ritter. But I think when you look at the offense and kind of when you look at the possibilities of their offense, when you look at the playmakers that they have, I think as a fan watching these games or as the media watching these games, you just want to see so much more from that offense. When you when you look at the different weapons they have as far as Bijan in the backfield, he's definitely proved himself to be a weapon in these first couple games. When you look at what they have on the outside with uh, Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts, those guys just aren't being targeted enough, right? I mean, those are those are some of the biggest playmakers on your football team. Um, if this offense is going to be what it needs to be, those guys are going to have to be heavily involved. And I just think through these first three games, even when you look at yesterday, I mean, Kyle Pitts yesterday catches five balls, 41 yards. Just 
Not enough explosive plays for guys like him. Not enough explosive plays for Drake London. I mean, the first game of the season, he was only targeted once, uh, didn't catch any balls, and then he rebounded in the second game and caught a decent amount of balls and had a really big game. But back to yesterday, two catches for 31 yards. That's not good enough. You have to get the ball in the hand. You have to find a way offensively, whether it's um, you know the offensive coordinator um, or uh, Arthur Smith, you have to be able to scheme something up. They got to figure out a way to get the ball in the hands of all their playmakers, not just B. John Robinson because he's a running back, so it's not as hard to get him the football. But when you start talking about some of those weapons on the outside, B. John, um, uh, Drake London, um, when you think about Kyle Pitts, I mean, those guys are two former first-round picks, and they're just not touching the ball enough. And if they don't touch the ball enough, this offense is not going to get where it needs to be. So I don't know whether it's a scheme thing. I don't know whether just sort of uh, treating Giz, uh, treating Desmond Ritter, uh, they're bringing him along slowly, like really slow, right? So I just feel like hopefully as the season goes on, hopefully as you play more games, hopefully as Desmond gets more comfortable, we start to break this offense, this offense out a little bit. You start to have more explosive plays from Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts. I mean, just he just can't seem to get out the blocks with Kyle, right? I mean, just that's the kind of guy, look, he should be touching the ball no less than seven or eight times a game, flat out. I mean, he's one of your best playmakers. He's a total matchup problem uh, for, for any defense. And he's the ultimate safety blanket for Desmond Ritter. So I, I guess I'm just not clear on why he doesn't have more touches every game because he's the ultimate weapon. Just look around the league. When you see most of these teams, look at even Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, right? But when you look at that offense, look how often they get the ball to Travis Kelsey, guys like that. I mean, the tight end could be an ultimate security blanket for any quarterback. I don't care how good they are or how bad they are. So I just don't understand why they don't get the ball more to Kyle Pitts. It seems like uh, an easy answer. I can understand why it might be a little bit harder to get the ball to Drake London since, he, since he's on the outside and uh, sometimes with offenses it's a little more difficult to get the ball to outside receivers but Kyle Pitt should be touching the ball no less than eight times a game flat out I don't care if it's quick screens you know drag routes in the middle of the field whatever it is you got to find a way to get the ball in the hands of Kyle Pitts way more than he's getting the ball that's all I can really you know that's my assessment so far but all in all like I said not a bad start for the Falcons, 2-1. and one. I'm sure they'll take that. And there's nothing wrong with starting your season 2-1, and one, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of teams who are 2-1 and one right now. So let's just sort of recap some of the things from week three in the NFL. Um, probably things that stand out the most is a team scoring damn 70 points yesterday. All right, The Miami Dolphins beat the Denver Broncos 70-20. to 20. I mean, did the Denver Broncos... Did their defense just quit or just give up? I mean, how the hell do you give up 70 points in a National Football League game? Like, what are you doing? I just can't help but think that team just quit at some point because I just can't believe that any team who's actually out on the field trying hard, that practiced the entire week, that had a game plan going into it the entire week, would give up 70 points. I mean, what they need more than anything is a heart transplant, Denver. Because if you're a defense and you gave up 70 points in an NFL football game, you just don't care enough. You don't have enough pride. You, you don't have enough pride in yourself. You don't have enough pride and uh, and what you guys are playing for every single week. Because there is no way that an NFL team, a professional football team, should give up 70 points to anybody. Shouldn't happen. That was disgraceful. 
that was a disgraceful effort by the Denver Broncos, and they've been disgraceful so far. Let's just be real. I mean, they're 0-3 um, all together. I mean, they had all the big time hype with Sean Payton coming in, and things were supposed to be different than they were last year, and they just haven't been. I mean, that's that's a dreadful performance. And speaking of dreadful, the performance of uh, both two young quarterbacks, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, have been absolutely dreadful. And both those two teams have some decisions to make at the quarterback position. I mean, I just feel like if you're the Jets, there's no way you can keep running Zach Wilson out there. I mean, there's absolutely no way. I mean, there has to be better options available. Maybe maybe they can make a run for Carson Wentz or maybe even Matt Ryan or somebody like that. I mean, because what you need with that offense, you just need a capable quarterback. You need to have a quarterback who's just um, – who can just basically distribute the ball where it needs to go. A quarterback who's smart enough, who can just process information fast enough to get it in the hands of playmakers just to score enough points to give that defense a chance because that defense week in and week out is one of the best in the National Football League. What they need is competent quarterback play. Look, obviously they depend on Aaron Rodgers being there and four plays into the season. That wasn't an option anymore. So I get Zach Wilson isn't supposed to be playing quarterback, but there has to be somebody right now. You just can't run him out there 14 more times. You can't do it. I mean, you owe that fan base more. You owe the guys in that locker room more. He gives you no chance to win, period. I mean, he's just – to say he's not good is an understatement. He plays with no confidence. Um, he does nothing for that offense, absolutely nothing. I mean, he should – I don't even know if he's good enough to be a backup quarterback, quite honestly. I mean, he brings absolutely nothing to the table. So, look, there's options available. Like I say, even if you get a Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz quarterback for that offense, yeah, those guys are kind of washed. They're not really uh, what they used to be. But I think from a mental standpoint, they give you competent-level quarterback play. And I think that's all the Jets really need right now to be a competitive football team. Look, they're not going to win the Super Bowl by getting Carson Wentz or by getting Matt Ryan, but I think you can get competent-level quarterback play enough to give that defense a chance to win games. But I know one thing for sure, you cannot keep running Zach Wilson out on that football field. That is That should not be an option um, because he's going to get everybody fired. Let's just be real. Um, maybe same thing with Justin Fields, too. I mean, those two quarterbacks, right? Same draft, right? I mean, neither one of those guys can get it right. I mean, it's, it's just really, I mean, Justin Fields didn't even have 100 yards passing yesterday against, against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the experiment's up. I mean, when you look at the school he came from, Ohio State, right? When you look at C.J. Stroud in these first three games, I can make a strong argument that C.J. Stroud is already better than Justin Fields. Um, and that shouldn't be. So I don't know if it's the team that's not giving him the right development or just himself if he can't process information fast enough to play the quarterback position, no matter what it is. It's not working with the Chicago Bears, and I think time is running out. I don't think it's going to work with the Chicago Bears. I think that situation is probably best for both parties if they part ways and go their own separate ways. And maybe Justin Fields um, maybe Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. <clears throat> um I think both those guys, maybe maybe Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, need to go somewhere and be a backup for a year or two. Just sort of learn from an experienced veteran quarterback. Let's try this all over again. I mean, look, we've seen it before. I mean, you can sit down for a year or two, come back, and have a revitalized NFL career. It's possible, but those guys aren't ready to play on the NFL football team yet, and those teams are doing uh, both those guys a disservice by just running them out there every single week where it's really obvious that those guys
guys are not prepared to be NFL starting quarterbacks. They're just not. When you watch them play, they just don't process the information quick enough. They don't. They look lost on the football field. They're just. They're just not it. They're not ready to go. And both those two teams have sunk. Let's be honest. The Jets are going nowhere, and the Chicago Bears are going nowhere. It's over for both those teams. This season is over. It's on to twenty twenty four for both those teams. There's nothing more to see here. Um. So. Uh, well, first, last world topic here. You got UGA playing Auburn this weekend, their first road game of the season. Uh, so I, it's obviously their first road SEC game. I think they'll win the game uh, just when you think about uh, what Georgia is from a defensive standpoint and from an offensive standpoint. They've really sort of kicked things up offensively. So I think they'll win that game at Auburn. But I think it will be a challenge. There's always a challenge playing in that stadium. I was out there with those guys today out in Athens. And Kirby Smart and the rest of the players just sort of talked about um, how loud it's going to be uh, at Jordan-Hare Stadium and really just how loud it is playing SEC football games on the road, period. So that's going to be the biggest task. But let's just be real. If UGA plays their game uh, like they have the entire season and they just play and stay within their responsibilities, they should have no problem taking care of Auburn. I definitely think they'll win that game. and I think they'll win it by a couple touchdowns. Um, so just what's on my mind here. Uh, I guess the last thing sort of here is um, watching the University of Colorado lose really badly this past weekend to Oregon. Uh, Coach Prime suffered his first loss. But I think even beyond that, look, we knew they weren't going to go undefeated. And what Coach Prime has done at the University of Colorado um, has been nothing short of spectacular, in my opinion. To be 3-1 and one right now and have a program that has all sort of national attention and, um, you know, been the spectacle that they've been. Looking at where they came from to where they are now, it's night and day. Right. I mean, it's not even a question. I don't care that they lost to Oregon on. Look, Oregon was expected to win that football game. Oregon's a more established program with the more established players in place. They were heavy favorites in that game. There is no shame for Colorado to lose that football game. And it's going to be no shame for them to lose next week if they lose to, to USC, which I expect. Right. Because those are more polished football teams than where Colorado is at right now. You have to look at where. This program came from before Coach Prime came. I mean, they won one football game last season. So if this team wins seven or eight games this season and is competitive throughout, that's they've more than succeeded. It was more than a good hire if that happens for the rest of this year. And look, that team's going to get better. Coach Prime, he's going to recruit his sort of players there pretty soon. He's going to have a team full of guys that are ready to compete. Look at what he's just done in one season. Guys are going to go to that school just for Coach Prime. So I think that program is in good hands. Who cares if they, if they lost to Oregon? Who cares if they lose to USC? That program is on the right track, and they're on the right track because of Coach Prime and who he's able to get to come to that program. Because college football is less about X's and O's, and it's more about Steve's and Joe's, right? you got to have the right players. you got to have four- and five-star players to help your program get to the next level. And with Coach Prime uh, doing what he's doing there, and he's showing, he's showcasing his son Shadur, Travis Hunter, guys like that, that's going to make other guys who maybe are sitting the bench at Ohio State, at UGA, at Alabama, guys who aren't getting out of playing time there, are going to want to come to a school like Colorado because they see their talents will be featured when you uh, when you play for Coach Prime. So I think that program is headed in the right direction, and the direction I'm headed in is out of here, right? That's been sports tonight on a Monday. Uh, join us the rest of the week. We'll have a lot of sports to talk about. We'll have more from Falcons, more from University of Georgia uh, football throughout this week. A lot of sports going on this week. Basketball is on the horizon too, so that's going to be a lot to talk about as we keep things moving. So that's been sports tonight. 
for Monday. We'll get right back at you for the rest of the week. Tune in. We'll see you later.